You're listening to The Big Picture with Edwin Eisendraft on WCPT 820. Okay, thank you for staying with me today. Boy, that was interesting, wasn't it? I mean, this dark money problem, the corruption that goes with it, the lack of disclosure, the lack of ethics rules on the Supreme Court, the capturing of the court, all of it is um, appalling and reason for you to get out and do your duty and vote um, if you haven't already. All right. I am now joined by Claire Atkin, who is the co-founder of the Check My Ads Institute. Check My Ads is um, it's an effort to solve an enormous and complicated problem, which is the placement of, of digital misinformation uh, on unsuspecting websites and its corollary, the placement of legitimate ads on sites that don't deserve the support of major brands. Of course, duh, I'm thinking about Fox.com. Um, Claire, welcome back. Hi, it's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. I think we talked in, in June um, last when you were just getting getting started. Would you explain once again for people how the marketplace for digital ads works and how you're trying to change it. Yes, happily. So thank you for having me. My name is Claire Atkin. I'm the co-founder of Check My Ads, checkmyads.org. And what we do is we look into the ad tech system. Now, don't turn off your radios. One of the more frustrating parts of that incredible interview that we just heard with Senator, uh, I'm sorry, who was it? Sheldon Whitehouse, Senator. White House. It was White House, yes. Um, yeah. Was that all we can do after listening to all of that incredible information is vote. But uh, what I'm going to say today is tell you a little bit of a story and how dark money works on the Internet and then actually give you something to do, some action that you can take that actually will make a difference that is already making a difference. So uh, the ad tech industry is the industry that upholds the internet. It's all those digital ads that you can see when you go to a website, you know, they flash at you, they follow you around the internet. They're very annoying. No one likes them. And they're incredibly important for websites. They actually fund a website. And this industry is somewhere between 400 billion and 700 billion dollars. Nobody knows if it's 400 billion or if it's 700 billion. Which is wild. I mean, it just goes to show how difficult it is to track. And also, it's the source of one of the biggest promoters of disinformation. Disinformation makes money off of this industry. So that's what I'm here to talk about today. Good. So, So just as an example, you're a company and you want your ad to show up on the internet, you don't actually go out and say and, and look for people who have websites and say, hey, I want to put my ad on your site or I want my ad to run, you know, uh, on in this newspaper in the sports section. That's not really how it works. It's automated, right? Through through these That's exchanges. Right. Yeah. Advertisers want to reach you. They want you to buy their products and they want to remind you that their products exist and they want to build trust with you over time. And one of the major ways that they can build trust with you over time is by sending you ads so that you become increasingly comfortable with their logo and with their brand message. And so they want to reach you and they know that you use the internet, that you read the news, that you go to sports, 
websites that you might go to forums, they want to meet you at that place. But they don't put ads on the internet themselves. They have ad agencies that buy with ad exchanges on their behalf. And these ad exchanges make big promises to advertisers. Advertisers, again, we're talking hundreds of billions of dollars. And so what they say to advertisers is, we only work with premium websites or what they call publishers. We only work with publishers that have big reach. We can track and follow anyone on the Internet to make sure that we have the right audience for you at the right time that they want to buy. Oh, and by the way, we will keep your brand safe. And this thing called brand safety is a promise that says to advertisers, we will never work with publishers that publish election disinformation. We will never work with publishers that publish COVID-19 disinformation. And these advertisers trust these ad exchange companies because they have to. And then say, okay, here's, you know, $90 million for this one campaign. And they have a really hard time checking their ads. That's what we're talking about here. And that's why we need a public watchdog organization to really look into what is going on. And we're inviting everyone to look into what is going on. So, Claire, before you get that, uh, it bears repeating one more time a little bit differently. I think you were very clear, um, but we should say it a few times because it's a complicated topic for people. Mm -hmm. So you're a company, you're a decent company, and you put your ad out. You don't want it to appear on a porn site. You don't want it to appear on um, uh, some crazy uh, QAnon site. You want it to go somewhere Mm -hmm. where – your 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 company's brand equity, your company's reputation isn't tarnished, right? And that's the promise. That's right. Now, let's flip it on its head. So let's pretend that you are a propaganda outfit and you want to deceive Americans. You yep. could be domestic. You could be foreign. You're a propaganda outfit. You need three things to really thrive. The number one thing you need is legitimacy. The second thing you need is is money, and you don't need very much. It's not as if you're spending money on fact checkers and copy editors. And the third thing you need is data, the ability to better and better target people who are susceptible to lies and disinformation. The ad tech system is a weapon in the arsenal of propaganda. It provides everything they need. The ads themselves give legitimacy. We were just talking about how publishers help boost brands, but brands actually also help boost publishers. And when you're a disinformation publisher, you want those blue chip advertisers who have already put in decades of work into helping people trust their brand. So if you're there as an advertiser, you're actually giving your brand equity over to those lies over to that disinformation. They also, of course, give money because ads get you revenue. And the ad tech system plugs you into data. And that allows you to better and better target your target audience, people who are suckers for lies, for scapegoating, for hate, people who are susceptible to election disinformation or COVID-19 disinformation. Yep. So, so Breitbart... And all their lies can use the ad tech system to learn, well, to basically channel their message out to an audience that uh, is susceptible. 
Breitbart is a wonderful example because Breitbart in 2016 was had more traffic, was larger than a combination of CNN.com and FoxNews.com. I mean, they were enormous. And they're very hard to remember about these days because the fact is, is that Breitbart is sort of passe. You know, Steve mm-hmm. Bannon left. Uh, all of their authors went on to start other disinformation sites like Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire. They all had it sort of dissolved. And incidentally, Fox News has taken on their business model online at a much higher rate now. And what happened was there was a brand safety crisis in 2016, right after the election, leading into early 2017. Basically, a group of uh, two people called Sleeping Giants, they had a Twitter account and a Facebook account, and they would let advertisers know publicly when their ads were funding xenophobia, hate, and bigotry on Breitbart.com. One after the other, 4,000 advertisers dropped Breitbart, and 31 of their 35 ad exchanges dropped them as well. And so they were going to make $8 million in 2017, and Steve Bannon was thinking how exciting it was that he could move towards France and Germany, expand his sort of fascist empire globally, and they were stopped in their tracks. I mean, they were completely cut off at the source. And Steve Bannon himself said that without ads, there's no economic model for what he's trying to do. Now, Okay, and that is, that's exactly what you do. That's exactly what we do. And the person who started Sleeping Giants, her name is Nandini Jami. She's my business partner. And what we, what we did is we realized that advertisers don't know where their ads are going. They can't check their ads because ad exchanges don't like it when they look too deep into their campaigns. And so what we actually needed to do was we needed to be a watchdog organization for those middlemen, for those ad exchanges who are making so much money having business relationships with these disinformation outlets without advertisers knowing. So you find out and then you go and alert the exchange, but you also go to the brand that's paying for the ad and say, is this really what you want to do? That's right. So on January 5th of this year, we launched a campaign to defund the insurrectionists. We identified the top six people who were making the most money off of the big lie that led to the insurrection. And we have said again and again, advertisers sponsored the last insurrection. And if they don't block these people, they will sponsor the next one. So we've defunded five of them. Okay, I'm going to list them. Dan Bongino, if you go to Bongino.com or BonginoReport.com, he has much fewer ads. Anything you see is not going to be programmatic. It's going to be static ads because the ad exchanges that ran on those websites, they got blocked. They, they dropped them. Uh, Charlie Kirk is the millennial white nationalist who sent 80 buses to the insurrection. Again, charliekirk.com no longer has programmatic ads. Glenn Beck has lost some of his ad exchanges. Tim Pool, timcast.com is his website. They've lost their programmatic ad exchanges. And now we're asking, well, those guys all got dropped from the ad tech industry because they are not brand safe. And now, how is Fox News any different? Well, it, it, they're they're bigger and it's going to be harder. But uh, I hope you get them. <laughs> I hope you so get what them. we're doing is, 
everyone has come on board with us and we've been so grateful. So what happens is ad exchanges have these promises and in their terms of service, they are clear that they say they don't work with publishers who publish election disinformation. And what we can do now is we have a list of every ad exchange that works with all of these websites and we can email them all en masse and say, listen, how do you square this? These ad tech executives have made millions and billions of dollars off of the big lie just by doing business with these websites. And what we're doing is we're saying, we can see you do this. And 60,000 people have signed up with us to ask these ad exchanges about Fox and other disinformation practitioners. Steve Bannon, we are constantly finding him sneaking back onto the supply chain. He has been blacklisted from the entire industry. Nobody wants to be on America's War Room, which is his new show. And yet, just a month ago, we found that Procter & Gamble, Procter & Gamble is the biggest advertiser in the world. They spend 11 billion dollars annually on ads, we found that they were inadvertently funding Steve Bannon through a sneaky weather network. And they thought it was just a weather network, but actually the money was going towards the next insurrection. And, Hmm. you know, we had these 60,000 people email Procter & Gamble with us. And within a week, we did not see Procter & Gamble ads on that show any longer because because everyone said something. All right, everybody listening, guess what you're going to be asked to do? You got a pen? You ready? Because Claire's going to tell you. Okay, the most powerful thing that we can do right now as consumers is tell advertisers and ad exchanges, we see you, we see what's going on. Advertisers do not want you to do this. Ad exchanges do not want you to do this. So it is a powerful message when you go to checkmyads.org slash Fox and just give us your email address. We're not looking for any of your information, any of your personal information. We just need your email address so that we can email you templates that say, here's the ad tech executive. This is his name or her name. Here's their email address, maybe their legal counsel as well. And here's a template that says, this is what it says in your terms of service. And this is what you're actually doing. This is your business practice. Could you answer me? What's going on here? And one after the other, these insurrections have dropped from the ad exchanges. We have cut millions of dollars away from disinformation this year, and we will be continuing to do it this next year. So if you go to checkmyads.org slash Fox, that's where you can make a difference. That's where you can really get your voice heard. You know, we don't have to wait for politicians to fix this country for us. There are ways that we can leverage our own voice and do it ourselves. Claire, there's been a lot of talk about Twitter in the news lately. Um, If Elon Musk is going to unleash uh, hate speech on that platform, is there something that you can do about that? We're watching Twitter and Elon Musk very carefully. Elon Musk is very pro-Russia. You know, and he has Starlink, which is the internet service that he provided to Ukraine. It has been reported that he has cut off different sections when Ukraine has depended on it for military action. He is friends with some of America's greatest enemies. 
And we are watching very carefully because a lot of the disinformation that we see is not just domestic. It's also international. It's also coming from Russia, China. And we need to really watch Twitter for if the rhetoric starts ramping up, because as soon as it does, we know, we personally know Fortune 500 advertisers who maybe not, uh, who may not be public about this, but will absolutely behind the scenes just cut their ads from the platform. And then we're going to really see Twitter's stock fall. We're going to see the demise of this forum that has been so powerful in the media and political landscape to date. We'll see. I mean, Elon just yesterday wrote, I think it was yesterday or the day before, wrote a letter about how oh, he does realize that advertisers do have standards. And, uh, and we'll see if he understands how serious advertisers are about those standards. Right. But hate speech just in the day after he took it um, came way up on that on that platform uh, because uh, uh, just just his being there seemed to give them license to behave badly. Yeah. I'm glad you're looking you're at right. it. <clears throat> are there, right. are there no, legal things we lot. can do? If these if these ad exchanges have terms of service, who has standing to sue them when they violate their terms of service? Would it have to be an advertiser? The advertisers do. Yeah, the advertisers do. And you know, we have a newsletter. It's called Branded. It goes out to thousands of advertisers um, every every time we have an investigation, which is right now about every two weeks to once a month. You can find it at checkmyads.org/branded if you want some really salacious gossip about the ad tech industry. Um, we we know that advertisers really don't have control over their own campaigns right now. And the answer is to get control. So one of the things that they can do is they can check their ads, make sure that they have the data that is required for them to check their ads in their contracts. They also can ask for refunds when they realize that their ads have gone to places that are not brand safe, they should be pressuring ad tech companies for refunds. And we know that advertisers have been doing this at a greater and greater rate because they're sick of this. I mean, let alone all the fraud in the industry. This is a brand safety risk. And so they're doing that. There's one more thing. The third thing is that um, we know that FTC and FinCEN are looking into the ad tech industry because this is a massive massively beneficial place if you want to money launder. And we're just we're not just talking about publishers who publish disinformation at this point. We're also talking about some ad exchanges themselves. I mean, some of them are really small and they just are banks of money, ads and data. And they distribute these money, ads and data as they see fit between their publishers and they can lie and they can money launder. And so what we're saying very loudly is that this entire ad tech system, if it is not built to be more transparent, is a national security risk, is an election security risk. And that's the third thing that we can do is really push for regulation and transparency within the system. I can't imagine that uh, um, people who have websites won't be grateful. Uh, years ago, I ran the Chicago Sun-Times and we had a, we had a, you know, we had a site and there were, uh, ad slots on it, and we had relationships with ad exchanges. And constantly, I would be stunned by ads that were appalling that would show up. And we finally got rid of many, I think most of the exchanges, because they 
they were completely irresponsible and not transparent in any way. The last 20 years, it feels like these middlemen have just become like a, like a, like a mafia, you know, there's, they say one thing to one party and then do another with another party. And they have so much leverage and access to information that either parties don't have. I mean, news publishers are shutting down at extravagant rates and disinformation is thriving. Who is in charge of that? Well, it's these middlemen. They are the traffic controllers of the entire digital media ecosystem. And we need to pay a lot more attention to these groups of people, to these, to these corporations, because they are making so much money and taking, you know, 30 to 50% away every time they are trafficking an ad. They take 30 to 50% of the money. So it doesn't even yeah, go to the publisher crazy. half the time. Crazy. Just, so, it's, so it's a real mess and we got to do more. <laughs> you, you've got, you've accomplished so much since, you know, since we talked last June, what have been the biggest challenges? Well, the biggest challenge is that some of the industry folks really want to equivocate about what we're talking about. And they say, oh, well, this is a difference of opinion. And the, the fact is, is that it's not. I mean, we are talking about the quantifiable increase in hate crimes in urban areas. The hate crimes in urban areas increased 39% last year. Why do we think that is? It's because of hateful rhetoric, scapegoating of marginalized populations, and bigotry. We're talking conspiracy theories. This is not a question of conservatism any longer. This is not a question of opinion. We're talking about violent extremism and the rise of global authoritarianism, and we have to draw a line. And it's not just that we as as consumers have to draw a line, or even we as marketers, corporations in their entirety have to realize that actually violence and instability are bad for business. Democracy is good for capitalism. And we have to, as an entire industry, draw the line and say, you know, politics aside, some things are just inappropriate. And the industry Mm -hmm. at the advertiser level have said this, but at the ad tech level, they're still equivocating. There's a lot of bad faith arguments out there. We think that it is going to change. We know that there are very good people within this industry, but the fact is, is that we just have to shed way more light, which is why we're asking for everyone to join us. Yep. I, I, do you know if if um, Congress is looking at some kinds of um, consumer protection laws, or you know, to regulate around this industry? In, on January 1st, the Corporate Transparency Act came into play, which would give FinCEN the ability to look into the beneficial owner of corporations. Right now, or up until then, they, they couldn't. Um, we think that that is a good move. Right now, the Congress people that we know are thinking about it from a national security perspective. So uh, Senator Wyden, mm-hmm. for instance, wrote a letter to mm-hmm. Google uh, insisting that Google make transparent and drop the Russian pop- propaganda outlets that they had been working with. You know, we've found again and again that Google is defying American sanctions and working with Russian propaganda outlets and Russian psyops that are targeting Americans with election disinformation. 
And well, that's a big, know, that's a big piece of news. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> so, so where do, how do you know this and, and why is this not better known? Well, we write about it at checkmyads.org slash branded. And just recently, on October 17th, there was Ad Week, and there was a big uh, protest at Ad Week in New York City about, and I say big, but really it was a lot of folks published around Google's lack of transparency that week, including us. And Mm -hmm. if you look at uh, checkmyads.org slash branded, you'll see a story that says, listen, Google is a dark money transfer. 89% of the publisher accounts on the Google ad exchange are non-transparent. And Google says, when, when this is brought up, they say, oh, well, you know, we have to protect publishers because some publishers are victims within a government that doesn't want them to operate. And so we hide their ownership or their, um, their, the name of their company from the public. So to protect them, but, Again and again, we found that's just not the case. And actually, they're playing into the hands of people who are doing very bad things at a very large level. Um, wow. And so we're, we're saying to Google, like, what are you hiding? What are you hiding from advertisers? We cannot, as advertisers, check what is happening on the supply chain, what is happening with our campaigns, if they're not transparent and they are the only ones who have non-transparent accounts. All the other ad exchanges have listed everything publicly. Yeah. Wow, Claire, that's so interesting. Look, we only have a few minutes left. How big is your organization? How are you funded? How do you tell people who are listening that, that you're legitimate? We have eight employees. Uh, it's, mostly, uh, it's mostly researchers right now, and we are so grateful for who we call our checkmates. Those are people who give sort of 5 to $30 monthly. Uh, those, those checkmates keep us afloat. We, we also accept major donations and also donations from foundations like the Democracy Fund. Yep. And we are, we are growing. And the more we have in our, in our resources, the more we can research these dark money, sort of nefarious corners of the Internet and the more we can pressure ad exchanges to be more transparent and to let advertisers check their ads and to do the right thing. It's super important work and, um, you know, sort of amazing that nobody was doing it before. So you and, and your partner ha- have done a great service to the country. I'm, I'm really pleased that you've spent time today with me and with our audience explaining this. And one last time, tell everybody where to go. Go to checkmyads.org. If you want to write emails, checkmyads.org slash Fox. If you want to donate, checkmyads.org slash membership. Thank you so much for having me and for listening, for doing something about the state of democracy in America. I think this is an emergency moment. And the fact that people are signing up with us gives me hope. All right, everybody. Get get. Get going. You know what to do. Claire, thank you. Really appreciate it. We will catch up after the election and talk about what you've seen and and the progress you're making. I look forward. Onward. Thank you very much. You bet. You're looking at the big picture with Edwin Eisentraff on WCPT 820.